Conversation, live from Nicaragua. Dive deep into the world of coffee with co-founders of Twin Engine Coffee, Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Welcome to Brewing Conversation, Season 2, Episode 6. My name is Andrea Wolverton. And I'm Colin Ganley. And now we're going to continue our conversation with Miranda Essing from Pani Paz in Leon, Nicaragua. What was your path like in trying to figure out what coffee to serve to customers along with your authentic French baguettes? I think in the end it all comes down to yeah, to, to knowing people and to, to know what they do and therefore trust in what they're doing and, and know you get a good product. I think that was the, the first coffee we, we, we found was that way. You know, you just talk to people. In Nicaragua, I, I always feel it's like a little village. Everybody knows each other. So you talk to people, everybody knows somebody who has coffee or that's how we found great cheeses and stuff like that. And you always know your provider. You know who they are. You talk to them. So it's, it's, I think it has a lot to do with trust and knowing people. And, and I think that's nice. It's not... You don't believe in a big company that, that sells something to you. You know the people that, that sell to you. Do, why didn't you just go to the supermarket? Because I didn't think the supermarket would have great coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think that that's a, a widely held perception amongst people here? Or do you think that that's more niche? Hmm. Seems to yeah, me that there's a different, there's a segment of the population who doesn't think that the supermarket coffee is very good. Well, I mean, and, just and, and another part does, and they buy the the big, the, the big names. No, right. there's a couple of big names here in the country, and they buy that, and they think it's it's good coffee. I mean, just this concept, and they of come a whole to bean. and they buy the whole beans, and they right. come to Pani Paz and grind it and grind it for them. <laughs> I mean, but that that's a pretty new concept, right? Yeah, just to have whole bean coffee available for sale. Yeah, and that anyone from this country would be buying it. Yeah, I think. Same. Yeah. Well, because we talked about instant coffee, and instant coffee is still by far the most drunk coffee in the country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so because of that that expectation in the kitchen, people don't have the equipment necessarily to make coffee. Even if they buy a ground bag of coffee from wherever they buy it, they can't necessarily easily make it. And so you see a lot of people making this transition from instant coffee to they put coffee grounds and water in a pan. Mm. And Cafe de Paolo. Heat it up on Cafe the stove. <laughs> and then they strain it or not through a strainer into a coffee cup. And then they move on eventually to some other way of making coffee like a like a mocha stovetop maker, espresso maker, or possibly even buying a Mr. Coffee type of machine. Yeah, French press or yeah, yeah. Which are almost. I mean, they've just recently becoming kind somewhat available here. Mm. I mean, any kind of coffee making outside of a Mr. Coffee style coffee maker is is pretty hard to come by, but also and also expensive. Mm. I mean, at least double what a person would expect to pay in the U.S. Yeah. It's pretty novel too. I mean, the, those machines are are not available in a lot of different stores. I mean, the you know, I think of the hardware store, the Sinsa. I think of the probably Maxi Pali or yeah. s- some of these like large format stores that that frankly only people of a medium income and above go to. That those are the only places that I know of that you can buy those types of machines. Yeah. So it's really the, well. There's these little coffee makers uh, filtered for filtered coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, just like they're the little kind of cheap. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, where you pour hot water over grounds and it's like a, just a filter sack type thing. No, it's like no, a no, little coffee machine. Just coffee oh, machine. Okay. You put the water in and the filter in it. How much are those, do you think? 
I don't know. I think for can be five hundred sort of it. Yeah, so twenty dollars. Really like yeah. Unfortunately, I've never had one that lasted. Very yeah, no. Long. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the other side of the story. Of all the good products that are made in China, we don't get the good ones. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, because this is like I always tell people when I go home because they talk about cheap and. Um, I'm like, oh, you haven't seen cheap. Like, yeah. you don't really understand that there is this whole other market. Because as as much as people where there are box stores would like to say, oh, it's cheap, it really they 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 have raised the level of quality of the cheap stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a vo- there's a large volume of it, but here it's like, wow. Yeah. As well as India. I mean, in most uh, developing countries, I think it's interesting this idea of. Nicaragua being a village. So you're from a small village. Yep. And tiny, tiny, tiny village. Yeah. What would you, can you compare the way things are sourced? Because it's a very romantic idea thinking things are like a village and you know your providers, but it's also quite a bit of a search, right? As, looking for like oh, the yeah. nice quality cheeses here, et cetera. Yeah. Or in general, is it sometimes you, 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 I'm looking for something and I just walk out because I live in the center of this of the city where Leon is supposed to be a city. No, I think the, I think the second largest. Of the yeah. 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 So I walk out and I'm going to buy this thing and I walk around all the center and I go into every shop and I just don't find it. No, it's something where you think it's very common and just don't find it. It's, right. I mean, these days in a small village in Holland, you'd be getting a line probably and yeah, searching but, it, but, it, right? but in Holland, the distances are very small. There's always like a, a town. Bigger yeah. town, very near, so it's uh, it's, yeah. it's very different. But yeah, here you are almost for for something different. You really have to go to the capital. No, it's uh, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm just laughing about. I was just reading that the consumers in the in the U.S. It was something like fifty or sixty percent bought some part of their Thanksgiving dinner online. Huh. Which really blew my mind. Like part of their groceries, and so I was I was. I would do yeah, of course oh, yeah. people would now. I mean, especially now that there's the arrangement between you know, the Amazon and Whole Foods. There's all kinds of discounts going on, mm. blah, blah. But what's amazing is that I was laughing about that concept mm. here. And so here you'll see, you'll, like, for instance, our washer is broken and we need a part. And the repair person was like, yeah, you need this part. And you probably, I don't know. You got you to gotta go look for it in Managua, which is two hours away. Two hours away, but also like look for it in Managua. Like yeah. that's like saying, "Oh, look for it in New York City." Like, okay, <laughs> just drive around. <laughs> just drive around. Like, there's so it's funny. Yeah, because that's of- it. It's not only available online; just the companies are not online, right? You so just you search for people. a product on on internet, and you just don't find it. Not not even the company that sells it. No, even though it exists, it's you won't find it on, on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, you really have to ask and somebody that knows this person and that person. And then, yeah. So the Lager Nacha cheese product is a. I mean, I guess it's not a unicorn. I mean, it doesn't. It does exist. What What is their yeah. story? That the Lager Nacha, the cheese. So you have one of you carry one uh-huh. of the only aged cheeses available, really, in the country. Yeah. Right. I don't. Yeah, so it, it's a it's a small community up in the mountains. It's a very nice, uh, fresh, beautiful place, and uh, I think there was some Swiss Swiss ONG at some point who were helping the community, and they taught them how to make Swiss Swiss type of cheese, yeah. and they they actually do it in their in their community house, and they have mm-hmm. a basement where they they keep uh, the temperature at seventy degrees Celsius constantly. 
So that's where they, they uh, age the cheese. Which is so You rare. could never imagine to do that in Leon no, no, with no, the no. heat. And how does the cheese get to you? By bus, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so you call and you say, can you put some cheese yeah. on the bus? Yeah. And then you send the tricycle. And, and then the I call the, yeah, the tricycle guy who gets to the bus station and brings delivers it to, to the bakery. Yeah. <laughs> The bus that's commonly called the chicken bus. Yeah. Right. Because you'll often find people with livestock yeah. sitting in the seat across the aisle from you. Right? Yeah. yeah. I want to I want to talk to you more about the, the coffee experience in, in Pani Paz. So you've had this. What do you think? So obviously things have changed a little bit here with who your customers are in the last few months with the civil unrest that we've had. But, you know, maybe before that and now, what's generally the makeup of of your customers how many tourists versus local people and how, how, how do you think about who your customers are in the bakery um then it depends a little bit on the on the time of the year of course no because there's tourist season where there's more tourists but i i think i would say maybe 50 percent nationals and 50 percent tourists uh although the tourists spend more money i think they mm. are more the ones that eat sandwiches and uh, and stuff like that a lot of Nicaraguans come and to to take away, uh-huh. and then there's a, then there's another group that, that comes every day and have a cup of coffee and and read the newspaper and some some eat something or not depends. No? And so, yeah. what kind of coffees? What how do you what different trends do you see and what people order depending on where they're from or when they have a coffee? And. The Nicaraguans, but I would say more the young people are, are starting to get into all this cappuccino and latte, and but they really like the sweet stuff, no? Mm-hmm. It's generally Nicaraguans, like and, yeah, yeah, and with flavors and stuff like that. I think I'm more the the older people, uh, adults, are more like they just order a regular cup of coffee, filter coffee, with milk or without milk. Yeah, I remember we us talking about um, the Nicaraguan coffee hour that was a little bit different. Like the two o'clock coffee hour. It's more of at the end of the afternoon. Yeah. Like four or five o'clock in the afternoon. A lot of people come have a coffee and a, and a pastry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess read the newspaper, right? Because you have the nice community table with yeah. the, the, the newspapers available, which uh, would be like the old traditional coffee shops having the community newspaper. Yeah. Read it as you'd like. Uh, yeah. Well, it reminds me of. Well, I don't know Holland very well, so uh, it reminds me of the Viennese coffee shops hmm. that have kind of that sense where people, strangers, sort of get put together, and there's lots of newspapers and things like that. It's designed to hang out. Is it like that in in the Netherlands too? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Was there a coffee shop in in the coffee drinking sense in your town when you were growing up? Was there a place like a what we would consider in the US like a diner where? People went and read the paper. And yeah, coffee. it's more like uh, we would call it the, the cafe, mm-hmm. which is doesn't mean coffee in home, but it's cafe. It's also the bar, the bar, local bar, the, the where you drink your coffee, where you can have dinner if you want. But oh, okay, yeah. So okay. it's uh, a mix of everything. It's so small you have to in one right. place you have to do everything. <laughs> right. Sounds a little bit like a pub. Yeah, a pub. Yeah, but in home we would call it cafe. We'd call it a cafe. Yeah. So now you've gone through through this process. You've, you've gone through a lot of changes now uh you are offering some twin engine for the filter coffees and for the for the espresso drinks what, have you have you had any interesting feedback or experiences with customers or staff regarding 
serving Nicaraguan coffees, different Nicaraguan coffees, any any interesting uh uh, well, I think I think maybe the most interesting was the feedback from the staff because I have two. When when we came here first in Leon, there was one coffee shop that was started by a, a North American woman, so she had a couple of baristas working and uh, or trained them to be barista. So two of them are, are working currently with us, and they are surprised of the reactions of especially of foreigners you know, to do to the coffee and. That, that that can tell the, the 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 different flavors in the coffee, and they are surprised. Oh, these people really know about coffee, <laughs> because when they were trained to be barista ten years ago, it was like something completely new in this country. You know? so. yeah. I think there's a there's a there's an, for me there's an interesting thing because you know part of my background is this world of tasting uh, different products, uh, whether it's spirits, cognac, stuff like that, whether it's cigars, things like that, where, where my job was to draw nuances out of these things. And, and as Andrea being from the South with their emphasis on cooking, you being from Holland, which is part of the broader European community where tastes and local tastes can be very important culturally. I think it's interesting that we sort of have these views of food but when you come here and you talk to people about food the the descriptors are very generic so yeah. if a food is delicious or tasty rico. it'll often be described as rico yeah or but without detail so what does rich mean does rich you know in in our context rich would typically mean something with a lot of butter and salt yeah or something to that effect but here it could be very sugary it could just be very flavorful it could be also buttery and salty yeah but probably not because you know, Nicaragua is a very poor country relative to a lot of other places. And the most common dish is rice and beans, gallo pinto, by far. There's a joke that people have that they say, well, you don't eat gallo pinto for all three meals. You have gallo pinto, which is rice and beans for breakfast. And you have gallo pinto, which is rice and beans for dinner. But at lunch, you don't have that. You have beans and rice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, beans and rice, yeah. And I mean, and just recently, I've, I've been talking a lot to Don Vidal, who is 50 plus and just asking him about time during like right post revolution in the eighties and about sugar. Cause I'm really trying to get to the root of some of my sugar questions. And, and so there's still a kind of a post depression, like, you know, we would have with our parents or grandparents. And so that, that kind of influencing how much, but one of the, some of the memories that I really, I mean, over the years, you and I have talked tons about flavors and, sugar and, and descriptions. And so we did a host, uh, we did, Miranda and I together did a community cupping, coffee cupping uh, at Panipazi of the day. And um, so the professional cupping session, you know, especially coffee. So that's a pretty unique thing to be able to do here. And, and one of the things is always to, I guess, liberate people to say that it's not about, I like, don't like, liberate them to think about different aspects of the taste. I mean, and so that, that's something we've talked about a lot and, and I'm sure they have the same issue with bread. Yeah. Right. So just being able to say, I don't know, not just Rico rich or not like, Oh, this one maybe is a little nuttier than the other. Or of course there was a trick at the end of that cupping it was pretty funny where I did a cup of presto to just, well, really just to help. Cause in the cupping you, you, you get to compare in a way that you can't really feel it. So you had um, people compare the different coffees that you brought from our roastery, and then you threw in a cup of instant coffee also, and they didn't know that you were no, doing that? No, they didn't. Actually, when I got there, I had the Presto, or instant coffee, in my the 
envelope in my apron and Miranda's like, why did you bring that? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I think she thought I'd lost my mind. <laughs> Um, but I was, uh, I, well, I thought it would be really helpful for people because they were, because the whole cup, just like with wine, it's hard to compare when you just have one wine, mm-hmm. right? And so like doing a tasting helps you see the difference. And so they were like, oh, this is interesting. And so it was a great comparison to throw in yeah. the instant coffee um, so that they could see the difference that we're talking about. It's one that we weren't telling them they should or should not like it, just trying to open here is the difference. You choose more of that perspective. It was fun. Yeah, but I think they realized it was really different. It was because they had been trying all these nice mm-hmm. coffees and then they suddenly get this instant coffee. So they were really like kind of shocked, I think, about how, how different, how different yeah. it was. Yeah, because yeah, of course, at first you go really through not the, coffee. Yeah. yeah, and you go through the aroma and that. I mean, that's what I've, I think if I've learned, in, in, a lot of what I hear is like, the aroma is so important mm. in the coffee, and, and that's really an aspect. Especially a lot of coffee. times people don't perceive differences as easily unless they do it side by side. Mm. It's, oh, it's really side. hard. We find that in most tasting sort of challenges is that people will say, well, coffee is coffee, a, a cigar is a cigar, a, a piece of ham is a piece of ham, until they taste them side by side. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the, the smallest difference makes the biggest difference in the world, and then they're ruined forever because then, yeah. then they have to have the better product. You know, because now they know the difference. They can, we can all sense it. It's, it's not anybody apart from me. We're all exactly the same. Well, we just drink the, the worst wine first, right? Yeah. <laughs> we try not to end with the worst wine. Yeah. Well, wine is a particular thing. You can't go from a, from a high quality balanced wine to a sweeter wine. That, yeah, that's a tough one. That is terrible. But but I think it has changed over the over the years. Also here in the crowd, what is people? I think before it was just the food was to fill you up, and people are now more conscious a little bit about it has to be healthy. Also, it has to be nutritive and stuff like that, and and also about the taste. I think it's it's changing slowly. Do you feel there's more ex- general accepting of a sandwich being a meal? Mm, that's still a complicated <laughs> one, I think. No. Yeah, that's that that's one of the big difference we noticed these last couple of months with only Nicaraguans as customers that our lunchtime is we're almost empty it's, uh, because that, that was our busiest hour with, with uh, tourists, of course, that come for sandwiching. So I'm trying to, to promote a little bit in different ways and it's working. We're doing our daily sandwich and stuff like that but I, not for lunch lunch has to be rice and beans <laughs> and so what would you say I'm curious or maybe I should serve a sandwich with rice and beans on the side yeah. <laughs> it might be popular yeah. well, what would you say is the most popular coffee beverage of the I think the cappuccino and the regular filter coffee okay yeah and typically when someone has a cappuccino do they want flavors added to it not so much. No. no. Okay. So no. people are maybe we also don't offer it to uh, uh, like for example, if you go to Casa de Café, no, the famous coffee chain. If you go there and they immediately ask you, "Do you want a flavor? Do you want right. this? Do you want that?" And we're, I think we're not that aggressive. So yeah, we offer it, but well, and to my delight, the cappuccino cappuccino is the proper size, mm. so it has a really nice. Um, well, the milk here has a natural sweetness, um, in my opinion, and so it, it makes for a really nice 
cappuccino. Yeah, we also cappuccino. buy our milk straight from the from the finca, from the farm, so mm. we don't buy the packages. So it's nice. That it's makes a, a huge difference. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Well, Miranda, thanks for taking the time to uh, to chat with us today. You're welcome. It's we nice. Appreciate it. And and for those of you in Leon who are listening to this, that was the real Miranda, the, the famous Pani Paz Miranda. Miranda. Um, so thanks for joining us. And Thank to all you of you listening, uh, join us on the next one. This has been Brewing Conversation with Andrea Wolverton and Colin Ganley. Thank you for listening. For more connection to coffee and Twin Engine Coffee, go to TwinEngineCoffee.com or email us. We'd love to hear from you.